Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Corinne Bursa here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Corinne, how are we doing? Excellent. Thanks for asking. Good day to everybody who's with us. So glad you're here. Definitely. We've got a big, big show teed up here today. We're going to be talking about why supply chain visibility is not enough. No longer is it us answering the question, why supply chain visibility? It's, hey, you better you better get it and you better make a big impact with it. Right, Corinne? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Scott, in my work as, a, as an industry advisor, when I'm working with chief supply chain officers and their teams, I hear visibility in the top three goals all the time. And we've got to ask questions about what that means to the business. So I'm really intrigued to hear what Monica has to share with us today on why visibility is not enough. What other elements we need around that? Completely agree. Kind of some of the things you mentioned there remind me of the old joke, you know, the dog that chases a car and when he finally gets it, what does he do with it? It's kind of like supply chain <laughs> visibility. Once you've got it, what do you do? Right. So we're going we're gonna to dive deeper on that. And folks, we're, we've got a great guest here. We're going to bring on in just a couple of minutes, but we want to hear from you too. So we hope you'll uh, share your take throughout the next hour or so in the skyboxes, uh, the cheap seats, uh, club level, whatever we want to call it here today. But um, you're also the star of the show. We'll be swooshing in your comments regularly. So with that said, before we bring on our guest, Corinne, let's share a couple of folks and say hello. A couple of folks that are here today, starting with uh, Brenda, Brenda Allen, back from Tennessee via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Brenda. Hope this finds you well. It's been a little while. I bet it's pretty and it's hot, but it's pretty up in Tennessee. You ever driven through Tennessee, Corinne? I and have. It's, it's beautiful. It is um, gorgeous. You know, it's, it's a, all of Tennessee is beautiful, but uh, and, um, and, uh, it and you, really is nice. You certainly stop and get some world-class barbecue too, don't you? Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Gary Smith is tuned in from New York, one of our faves here. Tuned in via LinkedIn. Gary, I hope this finds you well. I think I saw one of your recent blog articles published, so uh, keep the good stuff coming. I look forward to catching up with you soon. <laughs> we got some interesting comments. I'm going to uh, uh, skip right over here today. Hey, one of our liveliest participants here lately. Great to see you again, Master Sergeant Jeremy During uh, yeah. from Topeka, Kansas. He is either in or getting close, getting will be kicking off his transition to the private sector soon. So great to see you, Jeremy. Shelly Phillips, talk about Dynamos. Corinne, we've all enjoyed. I think last time you were with us on the buzz, Shelly was bringing it, right? She was bringing it, yeah. So Shelly, I like hit. it. I like it. And Jeremy, thanks for joining us too. It's good to have you here. Keeps us on our toes for sure. And it just adds to the, the insights that the conversation uh, produces. But Shelly, good morning to you out in beautiful Colorado. Shelly, of course, tuned in via LinkedIn. 
of course, the production team, Clay, the Diesel Phillips, because his engine's always running. Clay, great to see you. Appreciate all your help. Catherine, Amanda, Chantel, appreciate what all y'all do to keep production running here. The the content factory, Corinne, doesn't run on on wishes and and wanna dos, right? It takes real elbow grease, huh? It does. It does. It takes some um, some real skill <laughs> and attention to detail, and we appreciate everything that happens to uh, to really share. Uh, what's happening in the industry on a regular basis. So thanks to the whole team. Well said. Seaham, great to have you here once again from Greater Philadelphia via LinkedIn. I saw you and Greg's exchanges on his commentary this morning. Uh, Love it. So keep it coming. And we look forward to your perspective here today on our discussion. Christina tuned in from Fort Lauderdale, home of, of course, Florida, the Sunshine State. Looking forward to the discussion the all-star session, Christina, I agree between Monica and Corinne, we got a couple of all-stars and I look forward to your perspective as we add to the conversation. Iqbal, I believe. And if I got that wrong, I apologize. Let us know. We're going to get everybody's name right. My Georgia English sometimes uh, makes it difficult for me, me to work my way through conversations, but great to see you here. Yes. It's supply chain management family, supply chain now family. Um, and of course you are tuned in via LinkedIn from Pakistan. So great to have you here today. Look forward to your perspective. Omar from Cairo, Egypt via LinkedIn. Great to have you here today. And one final Corinne, Catherine, part of that skilled talent that you alluded to earlier, her and Amanda Clay and Chantel making it happen here on a humid Wednesday morning in Georgia, right? It is humid, but it's, it's a little cooler than it has been, which is most welcome. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I know we couldn't hit everybody here today, but we want to work your comments in throughout the conversation. So keep it coming. Amrit from, from Canada. Yasir from Pakistan, Jonathan, New Jersey, Ricardo from Lisbon. Uh, y'all keep it coming. And we want to uh, welcome uh, all of you to the conversation here today. Okay. So Corinne, now that we've teed up our conversation, I'm really excited to have a repeat guest back with us. She created quite a ruckus. I think her agent was getting a lot of calls to you know, share a lot more of her uh, home run perspective. So great to have her back. So with no further ado, I want to welcome in Monica Trilsch, Senior Director, Supply Chain Management Strategy with Infor. Hey, Monica, how are you doing? Doing very well, Scott. How are you? Hello, Corinne. Lovely to see you both again. Great to see you. Thanks for joining us today, Monica. Absolutely. My pleasure. So we have got quite a conversation teed up here today. I'm looking forward, Corinne and I both are looking forward to what you're going to be sharing today. Last time, I, I think I grabbed some Diet Coke and popcorn based on what you and the colleague brought to the table. <laughs> but today, let's let's start. I want to start with a kind of a, a fun question to, to get us started before we start talking and dive deep in supply chain visibility. You know, here at Supply Chain Now, do, deeds, not words, really doing good, mm-hmm. giving forward, you know, helping others is a it's really important. It's kind of baked into our culture and our DNA. So with that said, Monica, I think there's a lot of kindred spirits between the three of us here. It is National Nonprofit Day. Mm, so uh-huh. uh, what a great holiday that is. Uh, there yeah. should be parades everywhere for that. But Monica, I'm going to ask both you and Corinne. We'll start with you, Monica. What's a nonprofit or charitable initiative that's really important to you? One of my 
favorite nonprofits, charities, and so forth that I've been supporting for many years is Doctors Without Borders um, mm. for our friends overseas, Médecins Sans Frontières, I believe. Um, it, it's, it's just so important, the work that they do. We, we forget in the U.S. with our rich healthcare infrastructure how access to just basic medical care can be so life-changing for many people around the world. And I think the work that these, these, these doctors and nurses and, and health professionals do uh, is, is just superlative and, and wish I could support them even more. I also want to put in a quick plug for a nonprofit that Infor uh, and InforNexus has recently become involved with called Parley for the Oceans. P-A-R-L-E-Y. They're doing some really innovative work to take uh, waste plastics out of the oceans and start an entirely new circular supply chain to process that plastic, put it back into manufacturing cycles again to create new products for us. So I think it's a a very worthwhile startup effort on their part, and I I hope they really get some, some traction. Uh, Monica, I love both of those causes. Uh, so thank you very much for sharing. Corinne, I know much like Monica, that nonprofit giving back, giving forward is really important to you. What's one of your favorites? Yeah. So um, here in the South, we have just kind of completed two weeks of back to school activities. And one of the foundations I'm on does back to school supplies for children in need. And we were able to provide back to school supplies for nearly 40,000 children living at the wow. poverty level right here in my backyard in the greater Atlanta area, which is just heartbreaking to me. So it, it is a lot of fun. We get to leverage some of our logistics and supply chain expertise and getting that distribution out to the children and teachers in Title I schools. And Scott, you and several members of the Supply Team Now team also helped with the empty stocking fund and making sure that that those kids also have gifts at the holiday time. So thanks for the hands on making it happen. I really appreciate that. Well, had a blast. We're going to be doing it again soon. As you know, Uh, it tested my picking and packing skills, all of our skills, but Hey, I love that practical calls that uh, you and uh, the empty stocking fund do. And, and uh, thanks for sharing and thanks for inviting it's heartbreaking that there's such a need, but man, to do something about it in a very meaningful and practical way is, is a really important part of the journey. So thank you, Corinne and Monica, for sharing. I should add one more. You know, we, we are big, very passionate about serving our fellow veteran community here. Vets2industry.org is a nonprofit that serves as a powerful clearinghouse of information and resources for folks like Jeremy and many others that are transitioning, them and their families. Mm-hmm. So y'all check that out. Uh, lots of great information. And Scott, don't forget the the good work with Hope for Justice as well, that the Supply Chain and Procurement Awards, you know, all of the, the proceeds from that went to, you know, a very, very impactful cause. Uh, Corinne, I appreciate that. It's amazing what you can forget in the moment, but Hope for Justice, mm-hmm. uh, the leading global nonprofit attacking and, and going out to eradicate human trafficking and modern slavery. That's a great call out, Corinne, and uh, they're doing wonderful work. All right. I'll tell you, I, I, I'd love to spend the next couple of hours talking about some of these real purposeful leaders, but Hey, in many cases, they're powered by global supply chain teams everywhere. So I, I want to share just a couple of quick comments before we dive into the main subject. Lauren Koppelman. Great to have you here, Lauren. Great to see you the other day. Having worked in nonprofits for over a decade, 
we would always do big drives around this time of year, kind of what you're saying, Corinne. You're giving me flashbacks, I bet. I appreciate your service for sure. Julia, great to have you back with us, Dr. Julia. Uh, she's going to be on listening mode. Great topic to discuss, you bet. And we had one other, uh, lots of other comments I can't get to, but you're right, Jeremy. It is a, a global event, global audience here today. So thanks for everybody. And we're going to try to weave in your conversations or your, your, your uh, perspective throughout. But Monica and Corinne, so we're here to talk about supply chain visibility and how to get it in some ways and then what to do with it and, and the real impact you can have. I want to start, you know, visibility has become, I would argue, kind of like Lean was maybe 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, perhaps. It was just so cliche, you know, everyone dropped it in conversations they're having. I think in a way, in a way, visibility has become one of those words too. Everybody's saying it. Everybody, it's on the tips of everybody's tongues. So as we level set here on the front end, Monica, how would you define supply chain visibility? Well, there's no single definition for right. supply chain visibility. And I think that's tripping us all up in the industry a little bit, because when you speak with people about what supply chain visibility means to them, it can be very, very different. Uh, I'm just going to go back to the, the origins of GT Nexus, what is now InforNexus under the Infor family. When we started as a cloud network for companies that were involved in the container shipping of goods from overseas suppliers, mostly into North America and Europe. And when we created a product called supply chain visibility, it was very order centric. I mean, we uh, were involved in a, a multi-party uh, supply chain process, the global import and export of goods. There are many stakeholders, many participants. So uh, visibility wasn't just about the goods in motion, you know, where was the carrier or where was that container, but it was also about connecting with the supplier. Is that order going to be ready to ship when I need it to be? Uh, is there tier two material? Is there tier three supplier that is holding up the production schedule and does it affect my, my downstream responses? So uh, supply chain visibility to me is really um, an operational way of thinking about all of the components of supply chain. I think it's particularly challenging on the inbound side, that first mile of supply chains, where it is far more complex, frankly, and you're, you're crossing borders with many of your partners as well, which adds a whole other element of, of time and complexity and, and confusion and translation. But if you can bring together the parties that are involved in making your global supply chain work, and frankly, we all have exposure to a global supply chain nowadays, I think. COVID made that very apparent to us. You might have right. thought you had local suppliers, but they're dependent on a lot of things coming in from overseas too. It is really this um, connectedness, this, this order-centric view of the supply chain. And also it is about flow. We've always, on, on the Nexus perspective, uh, looked at supply chains as not just the, the physical flow of goods, but there is a financial flow. There's money flowing back and forth to suppliers and carriers and service providers and all of this. And then there's data about those two things that also has to flow back and forth. So I think finding the optimal um, convergence of information about the flow of goods, the finances, and then sharing the data with all of the necessary stakeholders 
to make things more efficient. That really constitutes what supply chain visibility means in the broadest sense. Mm. Corinne? Yeah, that I mean that's a that's a very broad and, and comprehensive perspective. So I really like that. And Monica, I applaud you and the N4 team for bringing in that financial supply chain aspect as well, because a lot of businesses really have yet to even start initiatives in that area. The flow of goods is usually where we hear about it starting. And you know, with Tech Talk, we talk about replacing risky inventory with valuable insights, right? And those insights mm -hmm. come from that mm -hmm. data, that movement, et cetera, so that we know when we can supply our customers. But when you think about this, Monica, who in the business needs visibility the most? Mm -hmm. what, what roles do you think are benefiting the, the most as a result of gaining visibility? Well, it's our perspective at Nexus that the more you can share visibility data across the organization, the more value it generates mm -hmm. for the business. So I wouldn't single out any particular stakeholder for that visibility because so many different departments in a business need visibility at different times for yep. critical reasons. Customer service, you know, you've got a, a, a desperate customer, an important new customer. You want to know when those goods are going to be available to fill that customer's order. Inventory planning, you've got to understand what the capacity and the flow of materials is. Do you have enough warehouse space to take all of that in? The procurement folks might not necessarily need to know when the truck is going to be arriving at the dock, but from the standpoint of understanding which suppliers are complying with the on-time in full goals and requirements, the, the analytical perspective of visibility information. How have all of these parties performed over time? Are they the right partners for us? Are they fulfilling the service levels that we expected that we paid for? The, the scope of visibility uh, has both immediate tactical needs so that mm. you can you know, make sure you've got a dock available to, to receive the truck and also operational and strategic insights. Do you need to make significant changes to your supply network because you're just encountering too many hiccups and disruptions on a particular shipping lane or with the geopolitics in a particular country? And so you need a broader perspective. You need historical information. You need mm -hmm. analytics on a lot of this visibility, yeah. visibility yeah. data to draw insights out for the business. Wow. Yeah. Well, so you, I'm sorry, Scott. She mentioned yep. several things there that I, that I think are really insightful. The first is that visibility across our siloed processes. So even if we think about that within our proverbial four walls or our business, our enterprise, and then extending that to our trading partners as well. But having this core one version of the truth, if you will, the current state or the predicted state of, of our supply chain, I think is really important because that's going to allow us just to accelerate a number of different decisions that need to be made in various roles in the business. So that's really interesting, Monica. Well said. And folks, we want to hear your take on a, a couple of key questions here. You know, I love Karen's question to Monica about who needs the visibility. That's such a great, who, you know, who in the business needs the visibility? So weigh in, and we want to share that kind of throughout the conversation, but two quick thoughts. And I'm, and I am going to share a couple of comments, uh, Corinne and Monica is the hoarding of data. Yes. Those days have gone oh, past, right? Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, 
we've got to protect our data, right? And protect our, our visibility because there's lots of bad actors more and more that are looking to find that weakest link in global supply chains everywhere. So those are going to be some big topics uh, in the, in the month. They already are big topics. Almost said tacos there. It's not Tuesday <laughs> taco time. Those are big topics now. They're going to be even bigger uh, coming up really quick. Uh, Byron, great to have you here. Really agreed to those key points you were mentioning, Corinne, a minute ago. Jeremy, visibility, he says, understanding that there are multiple touch points to be aware of. And then CM adds, thumbs up, Jeremy. And I'd like, she says, I'd like as much info for all the touch points I need without waiting for someone's update. I love yeah. that last yeah. phrase there. Yeah. Okay. So Corinne, where are we going next with Monica? So I, I think that tees up really my next question really well. So thank you so much for that, CM, because this, this ability to serve it up or to make sure every, every partner, every person is getting the information as real time or as near real time as possible goes back to that conversation about data, Monica, right? So does this require us, does visibility require us to harness new data or is it simply the same old data, but I need to get it faster in a multi-enterprise network? What, you know, what is the impact there if that becomes the foundation for doing a lot of different things? You bring up a very good point, the timeliness of data, right? The supply chains are accelerating, customer expectations are accelerating, data latency becomes a critical aspect of the quality of that data and what you can do with those operational decisions as well too, which is why it's so important to put emphasis on getting information, visibility, data on your supply chain as far upstream as you can in origin countries, starting with your suppliers, pre-shipments, because the sooner you find out about a developing disruption or event or an exception, the more options you have, the more cost-effective resolutions and things you can do before you know, you're expecting it to arrive at the warehouse to fulfill an order and you open the container or the box and only half of the amount of goods are in there that you had expected or the truck never does show up. So getting visibility as far upstream as you can and then getting it in a timely fashion gives a, a, a business many more options to avoid disruption, to mitigate risk, to reduce the, the effect of exceptions on the customer experience, for mm -hmm. instance. The idea of do you need more data? I think probably what companies can focus on most effectively is getting data out of those silos. They still exist, right? Yep, right. Scott mentioned the the, yeah. the the hoarding of data. You know, the transportation folks used to be the holders of all things uh, carrier related. And the customer service people would have to call up somebody that they knew in the logistics department or transportation. <laughs> so what is that gonna come? So the sharing of information or the convergence of all of these aspects of supply chain visibility into a, a, a platform or a, a distribution infrastructure within the business that allows all the stakeholders to get to it when they need it. Again, that's one of the key ways to generate more value with visibility data. And you may need to, or you may be interested in bringing in more external sources of data. There's a lot of companies that are looking into integrating 
risk information, right? Mm -hmm. Something that scans the news. What's the geopolitical environment around these supplier countries that I, I get most of my key goods from? What's the weather pattern going to be like? Are we going to have more hurricanes, tsunamis? What's the economic cycle going to be like? And can I put perhaps a dampening of demand into my forecasting and planning and demand alignment with the production planning that I have underway with my um, suppliers as well, too. So it is the convergence of many aspects of supply chain data, I think, that is the next wave of, of value and interest uh, for what you can do with visibility. You don't know until you have it sometimes, right? right? What it right. really opens up for you. And <laughs> yeah. so making it available, yeah, just increases that, that hit rate of, of mm. finding value. Absolutely. I, I had someone say to me just yesterday, we didn't know what we didn't know, right? So exactly, really exactly kind of peeling back the onion, if you will, allowed them to ask more questions and better understand their network in total. And this gets more complicated, Monica, as we think about multi-enterprise or sharing that data or taking that data from our trading partners, right? From our suppliers or our customers. Talk to me a little bit about that because you've been at that for quite some time now in bringing data across a global network together, right, for both visibility, and then you've got some specific thoughts on transparency as well, right? So these things are not necessarily the exact same thing. Mm. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Sure, sure. Let me go back to one of the first topics we touched on, what, what do we mean when we say supply chain mm -hmm. visibility? Typically for a buyer of goods, it might be, when is my order going to arrive? When is my stuff going to get here? But if you think about your supply chain network from the supplier's perspective or carrier's perspective, the visibility they most want is to know when they're going to be paid. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps from a contract manufacturing standpoint for one of your, your uh, uh overseas factories or suppliers, they'd love to know what your demand forecast is. What do you think your sales are going to be for this item over the next three months, six months? How do I need to structure my business to make sure that it aligns properly with your expectations for me? You can't just necessarily throw an order for these manufactured goods over the wall and expect me to be able to have all the resources lined up for it. So earlier visibility, the sharing of information, and this goes back to transparency as a more valuable way of thinking about visibility, the sharing of information with key partners and stakeholders in your supply chain network to make everything run more efficiently. There has to be value for your partners in providing visibility to you, you have to think of ways in which you can provide visibility for them that incentivizes them to be mm -hmm. more compliant, more timely with the information, share that information for you as well, yeah. too. And it's really a, a systems way of thinking, or it's a, it's a way of thinking about network benefits. There are multiple businesses that go into making your global supply chain work. And there has to be value for them all along the way in order for them to be as transparent or as open as possible in giving you the information that you need for your specific business actions. 
Very good. Very good. Scott, any thoughts on that? Any Anything we want to share from? We've got a ton of uh, truckloads and I've got lots of visibility into all these comments. I wish I could share all of them. Uh, I want to go. I want to go back. Y'all bear with me for a second as I play catch up just a bit, because I want to go back to the purposeful front end of our conversation. We had a couple of uh, Gary Smith loves food banks. Uh, we're yeah. Big fan of the Harry Ch uh, Chapin, Chapin Food Bank here in Long Island, as well as the Atlanta Food Bank. Uh, Joe was talking about uh, being in radiation oncology for 12 years, donating to those low-income families going through cancer and helping them to get through their journey. Joey, that is a wonderful uh, cause there. And then fast-forwarding to some of the visibility thoughts here. Christina says, visibility starts with good process, quality data, and the commitment and discipline of each party involved to provide information as soon as the event occurs. Christina, well said there. Anders has a kind of a question, comment question. It would be fascinating, he says, if there was an ability for different companies to share historical logistical data. Of course, everyone is cagey, you know, kind of going back to the hoarding about sharing their pricing and costs. But what about sharing, for example, he says, supplier X typically manages to, del to deliver within 2.4 days of promised arrival date. But think about some of the things we could do if we exchanged information like that. And then finally, also from, uh, well, Glormar, there's so many things to choose from. We'll have to circle back. But Glormar, great to have you here today. Transparency says a lot about a company's culture and commitment mm -hmm. with stakeholders. I love that. I completely agree with that as well. Okay, so Corinne, you asked. Uh, we've got a ton of thoughts, lots of passion in the comments. Where are we going next with Monica Trelsch? Yeah, so Monica, I want to I want to stay on this this topic for just a moment about visibility with the network or multi enterprise visibility. Um, to me, this is um, something that you see as companies mature in their processes. You don't see a lot of companies that are very um, immature or or just starting a digital transformation, for example. But when we see the benefits of um, really that multi-enterprise collaboration or that sharing of data, that extension, you made the comment that, you know, systematically we need to facilitate that, right? We need to, to harness that data, have some standards around it, explain what it means. But in fact, you know, we've had multi-enterprise capabilities for a number of years. So I know that you're not interested in doing a commercial, but just tell me a little bit about that from your role in Infor and then, you know, some of the recognition maybe that, that, that your customers are seeing in the marketplace as well. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, the um, concept of a, a multi-enterprise supply chain business network is uh, something... <laughs> It, it it is yes, and, and, and I can't. A good taco. If if you use the acronym for it, nobody has any idea what you're talking about. So you at least have to explain it once. But our our friends at Gartner uh, have actually recognized this as a very important and growing segment of the mm -hmm. supply chain technology landscape, and I think. Four or five years ago, they began putting out one of their magic quadrant reports on multi-enterprise supply chain business network suppliers. And they are a um, sort of a, a critical 
placeholder in Gartner's view of the supply chain visibility landscape. And they are uh, designed specifically for companies that are taking this more mature approach to their supply chains. They're treating them as a network. They're recognizing multiple stakeholders, multiple aspects of interaction with them as well, too. It's not just shipment updates. It's not just order confirmation. But it's perhaps about providing certainty or visibility to, uh, to payments to invoice settlements for each of them as well. It is about sharing production capacity. So InforNexus, the cloud supply chain management uh, platform that is now part of the Infor software company, which is more known as an ERP provider, but also has a, a pretty strong stable of supply chain technology underneath it now. The InforNexus platform as part of Infor has been a leader in the Gartner Mad magic uh, quadrant from multi-enterprise supply chain business networks for about five years running now. And if your audience isn't familiar with the concept, uh, and obviously supply chain technology vendors and technologies and software have been out there for a long time, but they tended to be on-premise, sort of uh, inward focused, looking outward. The concept of the multi-enterprise supply chain network, I think, is the new platform for the global supply chain and, and for operational visibility and mutual benefit for all the parties that take part in a, in a supply network. Yeah, that, that's, that's a fantastic description for us. It, it is a mouthful. So you said multi-enterprise supply chain business network. So we got six, yes. six letters there. Yeah. Um, but well, that's a nice visual. A nice if, visual. Yeah, if you want to do more, uh, there is Monica. a link to that report on the info.com site. So you can learn a bit more about what this means. Well, you know, what's it just rolls right off Monica's tongue. Some of us are <laughs> visual learners, but y'all check this out. We're talking about MSCBN, Multi-Enterprise Supply Chain Business Networks. Clearly, Infor is a recognized leader. The Gartner Report, that 2022 Magic Quadrant is available. We'll drop the link in there. Appreciate, to, uh, appreciate the production team helping us out. But also, thank you, Monica, for making this this analysis uh, available uh, for folks in our across our global uh, family. All right, so Corinne, I'm going to share just a couple of quick comments, and then uh, and then we'll see where we're going next with Monica. Omar makes a great point, and I know Monica, I believe you and Corinne touched on this, but he brings up how important it is when it comes to risk management. If you can really speak really quick to this, Monica, you know, visibility enables organizations to really mitigate risk in ways that. Um, you know, are a lot further advanced than, than many others. Speak to that if you would, Monica. Absolutely. The frequency of disruption in supply chains is increasing at a pretty steady rate. Mm -hmm. I think McKinsey put out a report on this in 2020, 2021, yep. before yep. COVID even, that they'd been doing studies on this worldwide and the rate at which supply chain disruptions are occurring worldwide in a way that's going to interrupt your production uh, or, or your store operations for more than two to four weeks, it's just going to accelerate more and more. So risk is endemic in global supply chains. And now that we're aware of how many different directions that risk, that that disruption might be coming at us from, the urgency to digitalize 
the, the view of your global supply chain to build that network visibility, if you will, is more critical than ever before. It's not just about uh, labor disruptions at Port of Long Beach and, and then LA. It's not just about geopolitical strife in the Far East. Around the world. Uh, yeah. it, it's not just about a ship stuck sideways in the Suez Canal. <sighs> it's all of it, all at once, everything. But navigating all of this, right? Uh, I mean, navigating problems with supply chain has always been part of what supply chain professionals do. Yep. That's why that's why we have them. That's right. Yeah. That's why, that's why we, we have, have a job, logistical right? teams. That's why we have <laughs> the, these terrific 3PL partners, these global 3PLs that use, they, they aggregate the expertise of these really talented professionals with feet on the street and in local and origin countries. And they're a huge partner in making global supply chain operations work. And they're a key provider of visibility information as well, too, because they span so many different touch points and, and chain of custody handoffs in the global supply chain. So the ability to enable value for all participants to share this data, to make it seamlessly available across the silos within the organization, and to look at value for your external organization, your external partners as well, is a uh, a, a, a critical next frontier for supply chain visibility value. Next I just frontier, talk, I love that. Next, well, if you think about ERPs, you know, ERPs have kind of uh, dominated software technology for a long time. Sure. They were transformative for business, frankly, but they're pretty lousy at supply chain <laughs> orchestration and collaboration. And I'm uh, sorry, I just got to put that out there, right? Because the ERP is about optimizing what you have control over, what's within the walls of your business, right? Supply chains are all about what's happening outside of your business. We, we have a, a, a statistic we throw out that 80% of the data that you need to run your supply chain effectively is really outside of your business. It's in the hands mm. of your partners. It's in the hands of your, your 3PLs, your carriers, your suppliers, the customs agent. It is this external universe of data sources, uh, of visibility that you need to bring into your organization. Well, Monica, um, to that point really quick, you know, Jeremy talks about how a lot of this boils down to how much is their relationship to your point, you know, because without the relationship, yeah. it's tough to get to that 80%, yeah. right? And we, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's the bridge we've got to, uh, we've got to build. One other quick comment here from Shelly, because we, you know, we started talking about risk management a second ago, great comment by Omar. She brings up what we're talking about on the front end, that cybersecurity risk, right? It's yep. going to be bigger and bigger moving forward. But Corinne, I tell you, we're getting a masterclass from Monica, just like last time she joined us. As we start to come, we got a couple of resources we want to share with folks, make sure folks can connect with Monica. Before we get all there, Corinne, where are we going next with Monica? Well, so I, I've got the big question, Monica. So we're, we're saying why visibility is not enough. Mm. So let's just be really clear in that response. So we all agree visibility is important. You've kind of opened our thinking to a broad category of areas that visibility contributes. I love the point that you just made that 80% of the data that we need for visibility is really coming from outside of our enterprise. That's huge. Why isn't it enough? Hmm. Let's go back to who needs 
information uh, within the organization, or even um, your commentary at the, the start of the program, Corinne, about your uh, engagement with uh, supply chain executives and so forth and the various companies uh, that you deal with. The topic of visibility, the goal of visibility uh, is like in the top three wishes, needs, desires of chief supply chain officers and supply chain leaders for probably at least the 10 years, past 10 years, if not more. Um, every survey that I see, uh, visibility is right up there at the top right. of it. But if you look at how supply chain leaders, chief supply chain officers are, are measured and incentivized, nobody's getting points for how much visibility you have. They're getting measured, they're getting tasked with contributing to margin, with improving the customer experience, with assuring supply, preventing production uh, downtimes, finding more efficiency in supply chain operations to mm -hmm. take out costs, to take out time, to increase product velocity, uh, throughput, to reduce the amount of inventory that ties up working capital within the yep. business and yet be able to fulfill the the needs and goals of the uh, the strategic business from a sales and operations uh, planning perspective visibility is merely part of the data that enables that that goal reaching right you wouldn't need visibility if all of the partners and multiple touch points and handoffs that you worked with would reliably perform on time within the framework that you gave them. That's just not the nature of global supply chains, right? We, we talk about autonomous self-driving vehicles, you know, autonomous trucks mm -hmm. going to take uh, the, the burden of our, our truck driver shortage off of us as well, too. Mm -hmm. But if you think about the technical challenges, you know, being able to have a, a truck start and stop on its own, maintain a steady speed or comply with local speeds, that's all kind of trivial mechanical engineering challenges. The big problem is putting visibility into an autonomous vehicle, into a robot, if you will, that can approximate what humans do to sense what's going on in front of them and to respond to it. So we talk about resilience and agility for supply chains, right? And resilience and agility is needed because Supply chains aren't static. The environment in which businesses have to bring their goods to market is not static. We've just come through a period of tremendous demand volatility with some huge swings and pivots and spikes that companies just had not experienced for previous several decades or, or, or ever. And mm -hmm. it caught everybody's supply chains short, right? We're still dealing with the, the, the backlash of that effect. Um, there's congestion at ports, there's containers stacked up all around the world. Companies are now sitting perhaps on too much inventory because they overordered in anticipation of more problems and continued consumer demand. And now that working capital is you know, potentially kind of locked up in that inventory again. And so companies are going to have to think about what that means to maybe free up some cash. Are they going to start to extend the payment terms to their suppliers? And what does that do to the health of the, the global supply chain? So so this holistic systems thinking about supply chains uh, and the data that's needed to build resilience, to build agility, visibility is, it, it's the critical thing that you need to be able to sense what's coming or what has happened and to respond and to react to it because supply chains and businesses don't 
proceed automatically or autonomously. They always have to be able to respond and adapt to changes in, uh, in market environments. Uh, and the organization has to have the tools, the information in a timely fashion to be able to sense what's coming or, and react to it in time enough to reduce the impact on the business. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a thesis right there. And I, I, I think that there are, you know, just a few points. When, when I hear that from a chief supply chain officer, we need better visibility. My very next question is, what will you do with that? Or what will that enable you to do? And you've just given us a list of, of areas for consideration, right? That, that are going to allow the business to sense changes because we do live in friction-filled supply chains, right? It's not a frictionless network. There is friction that occurs and delays that occur and tons of unexpected events that impact um, our schedules as well. So when, when you're working, I'm just going to encourage our audience today, as you're thinking about visibility in your business, be sure to take that next step on what it's going to allow you to do or how you will be more agile or more resilient in the, in the face of needed change or adjustments or adaptability for your business as well. Because I, I think that that is really important in looking at the measurable impact of better visibility. Well said. Uh, and Shelly agrees with you. Great point. How will the data be used? Uh, good stuff there, Shelly. A couple of comments here. Dr. Julia says visibility and sharing information creates benefits for all partners, buyer and suppliers. I had studied this in my earlier supply chain yeah. research, yeah. but trust was an important factor. I agree with yes. you. You can move mountains with it and you can't do much without it. I see him. Makes a great point here. So much goes into supply chain management. Uh, growing up, that's what that meant. <laughs> Just calculating lead times requires end-to-end -end information. Cycle and transport times, for example. Uh, Monica, yes, you can get the recording of this, this uh, live stream across social. You can also get the podcast replay in about a week if you go to Supply Chain Now. So, yeah, definitely. And, and reach out to our team if you can't find it. Shelly also liked Monica's point. Transparency is not rewarded. And then finally, I want to share this uh, from Glormar. This might be a future podcast episode. She says her husband works pulling containers from the LA port. He loves the automated ports. We got some work to do catching up to our uh, other global ports here in the States. She says his company struggles a lot with the way the port personnel operate and the fact they have a hard time getting appointments to pull those containers out, but then they get hit with penalties. This area of the supply chain is a huge constraint and certainly a bottleneck. Glor uh, Glormar, thank you for sharing. And as three of us know, and probably our audience, the information sharing is certainly a big gap that we've got to bridge to get more capacity through and, and streamline some of the ports here beyond, you know, there's automation opportunities, but just the information share amongst all stakeholders in the, the, the ports ecosystem is a big opportunity. And Monica, that goes back to something you were saying earlier. Go ahead. I, I want to touch on the comment that was made about uh, transparency and not being rewarded. And the ways in which it does or, or, or can institute some value. So uh, being able to share your 
demand or production needs with your suppliers and with your carriers, especially, is often an important way to build the relationships with them, to make them a little stickier with you. Sharing more information with your carriers, for instance, allows them to get their networks and their assets in line mm-hmm. to be prepared to, to, to solve things for you. We found that uh, for uh, Nexus customers that were working with their, their ocean carriers and their NVOs uh, during the really worst constraint periods in, in 2021 for ocean freight uh, capacity, that they were on a monthly basis, almost a weekly basis, sharing with their carriers what the volume of orders were going to be that they saw within the next six weeks. Uh, And this exchange of information, which they normally wouldn't have bothered to do, was critical for them in trying to build some mind share with the carriers so that if a carrier had a choice between a high paying load there or a contracted load that was a slightly lower rate, where that relationship existed with a, an enterprise, with a, a buyer or a shipper, they were more likely to be able to make sure that their goods were, were able to move. For suppliers as well, too, the visibility to payments can be used as a way to align them with your ESG goals, right? Mm -hmm. The uh, environmental social governance, your sustainability goals. At Nexus, we work with a lot of retail apparel and and footwear companies that work with many, many thousands of small suppliers uh, around the world. And they've been using a a procure-to-pay platform along with supply chain finance to provide visibility to their smaller suppliers to when they're going to get paid for the orders, to accelerate the payment that they can get for those orders, preserving both the financial health of those uh, suppliers as well as capital for the the buying enterprise, but also rewarding them for compliance with environmental and sustainability goals. Oh, you've turned in your report about the, you know, your waste streams, you've attained this goal for, you know, carbon emissions reduction. You know, you get to have a few basis points off of your your loan rates financially and so forth. So the the transparency, the sharing of information with your suppliers and with your service providers is a good way to encourage compliance, cooperation, the alignment of this external supply chain network with your company's own business goals, especially as they relate to doing something positive for the world. Monica, well said. Uh, and I'll go all which the front of your answer. You said, I think I wrote it down here. If everyone just would get their assets in line, we'd all be in a better spot. <laughs> everyone needs to get their assets in line. Get your um, assets in line. <laughs> so, all right. So, Corinne, I think we're almost where we want to you know, share a couple of resources. We want to ask for one final quick thought, maybe from you both on this critical topic the table stakes that is uh, supply chain visibility. Or I love what Jeremy said supply chain calisthenics. Yes, today we're working these brains, getting in shape, right? So, Corinne, I'm going to do this backwards. I'm going to go you, your final thought, and then get Monica's final thought here, and then we'll move into um, a couple of resources. Corinne, what's your one final thought here today based on what we've talked about? Yeah, I I really like the last part of Monica's comment, and that is with regard to multi-enterprise visibility and um, collaboration, there needs to be both a carrot and a stick, right? So there needs to be a reward or an incentive and a recognition when things are done well or compliance is in place or, you know, somebody had the question around, you know, how do you, is there a list of the best suppliers or best carriers? I mean, we need to recognize our trading partners 
who are doing what we're asking them to do um, and, and helping us gain that visibility to meet other needs, whether it is simply the flow of product, the financial uh, impact in our business, or our environmental and social and governance uh, capabilities as well, because those are very important for most chief supply chain officers today as well. Well said, Corinne. And Monica, your very final thought on supply chain visibility. I would encourage companies to think about what visibility means in a more systematic way outside of silos. It's not just, where's my stuff? But Mm -hmm. you have to start thinking about value at risk. If you do have a container or a truck stuck somewhere, it's not just important to know the number of that container, but you need to know which order is that part of, which customer, which business unit, which production line is going to be affected by that problem. So the convergence of financial information about your supply chain orders, customer information, as well as that 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 core transportation and logistics stuff that knits everything together, that gets your goods from point A to point B, that is the transformational value of digital visibility data for the modern supply chain. It's looking across not just logistics information, but across the supplier capability, network capacity, both for production and for freight movement, and then financial viability. Uh, What's the value at risk? And uh, am I making the right decisions? Because as we get inundated with more and more sources of supply chain visibility, that's a ton of data to wade through. How do you know what to pay attention to? And that's where the integration of financial information, the purchase order detail, the item order SKU level, tying it in with your customer orders as well, and that demand is so critical to, to helping you make sense of what to focus on, what to prioritize in your supply chain operations and exception management. Well said. Decision-making velocity and confidence are two of the things that you're speaking to there. Okay. Heck of a conversation here today. Really quick, folks. We want to drop a couple of resources in the chat here. First off, again, this is the uh, analyst report from Gardner focused on the 2022 magic quadrant for this phrase we're all learning here today, multi-enterprise supply chain business networks. Meskip, meskip, maybe. I don't know. Uh, We'll save that for later time. But Infor is recognized as a leader, learn from leaders. So you can check out that link. And then secondly, Monica and her team have provided a really neat video case study focused on all port partnering with Infor Nexus to offer their customers greater order visibility. So check out a practical case study on, on how that's done. Monica uh, had another blast with you. Uh, I, I, I swear you can, you can answer these questions in your sleep. Uh, in this last hour has reminded me of our, our last chat. So we're going to work through your agent. We'll have you back in a, in a, in a sequel blockbuster um, here at supply chain now, but all that kidding aside, really, really have enjoyed our chat. Corinne, Monica is an A player, huh? Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today, Monica. It's been, um, it's been like a masterclass and I've really enjoyed the conversation and all of the collaboration and input from the audience as well. Thanks guys. Thank you so much for bringing your terrific international audience on here. I love the feedback and, and uh, input that they provide for this. So it's it's always a, a valuable experience to be on with you two. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Man, that makes my day. We've been talking with Monica Trilsch uh, with N4. Monica, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. 
Wow, man, I'll tell you what, usually I have a 17 pages of notes. I think I got about 32 today, some <laughs> bonus notes, Corinne. And you know what, what makes it even better between what Monica shared, what you shared, a ton of comments to go back through the comments. I think there are like nuggets we'll add to our certifications uh, and yes. experiences masterclass here today. But yes. all that aside, two final questions for you. Your favorite thing that Monica shared, right? You touched on that a little bit, but I'm going to ask you again, kind of in light of everything she shared. And then we want to get an update on what's to come with Tech Talk. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll, we'll start with our conversation today. That, that visibility alone is not enough. I liked the very specific examples that, um, that Monica provided in how you can use that visibility to benefit not just your business, but your entire network. So I think that that's, that's really important and that's exciting. And I got to tell you, I, I felt bad because I was trying to watch some of the comments coming through. There was so much good information that um, I'm writing things down as we're going through. So, so definitely a topic I think we need to dig into further in the future. Agreed. Agreed. And then the second question, I think I've got a graphic from your most recent ah. episode. Do you need a supply chain digital twin? Really enjoyed that. Y'all check that out. Look up Tech Talk. Digital Supply Chain Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. But what's to come, Corinne? Yeah, lots of interesting things to come. In fact, we have an interview that's coming up with Billy Ray Taylor in his new book, The Winning Link. Right. Um, and that's going to be fun. That was just a really fun and kind of a different spin on how to improve your supply chain performance. So look for that dropping soon. Agreed. Well, y'all check that out again. Find Tech Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Home run episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap on two quick comments here, Corinne. So I love. I tell you, I'm a, there's a book written in our comments today amongst all the contributors. Yeah. I love this. Jeremy says, "Mescabin sounds like something you might sprinkle on a biscuit." And then our dear friend Brenda says, "Hey, speaking of, send them some Kenny Bob's Foods barbecue <laughs> sauce." And you can build some great rapport. So Brenda, I thought I, thought I recognize you got a new headshot, but great to have you and congrats on all the success you and your husband and your, your team are having um, there. Okay, folks, as Corinne put it, it was a masterclass. Monica brings it. Uh, we're going to have to do uh, a couple hours next time. Bonus episode, uh, a Venti episode, a Grande episode here at yeah. Supply Chain Now. But hopefully y'all enjoyed it as much as uh, we have. Make sure you check out those resources, right? The Gartner Report. And the video case study, uh, you'll you'll if you love the conversation, you'll like those. Big thanks to our production team. Big thanks to everybody that turned out. Corinne, always a pleasure to knock these out with you. Yeah, thank you. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I learned some 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 new stuff. I learned some new <laughs> stuff, which is really I love doing. So I want to thank um, Monica. I want to thank you, Scott, but also our supply chain now community for. Mm some of their thoughts that they shared in the comments. I'm going to go back and read several of those again. Oh man, uh, that's uh, going to the Gimba. Lots of value there. Mm -hmm. But to your point, I love what Monica said as I wrap here. It's not all about where's my stuff. Visibility yeah. is so much more than that. So but folks, check out the replay. Make sure you connect with Monica and Corinne and with each other. I love the the uh, banner back and forth we saw in some of the comments, but whatever you do, folks, it's about deeds, not works. Take an action. Now that we've got more knowledge, what are you doing with it? Now you get more supply chain visibility. Great. But what are you doing with it? And on that note, on um, behalf of our entire team here, Scott Luton challenging you, hey, check out those nonprofits on the front end. But whatever you do, be like Monica and Corinne, do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. 
Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Thank you.